Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Once the dead man is revived, we can ask him five questions, at which point he will die again, never to be re-revived. Were you killed in the Battle of the Everhorse? Yes. One more question, right? Yes. No, 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 that, that wasn't for you. Did that count as a question? Yes. Damn it. Only answer when I talk to you, OK? Yes. Why did you say OK at the end of that? I didn't. Fantastic. Where's the shovel? Here we go. It's How We Seize It, episode 175. This week we're tackling Dungeons and Dragons. Here are Honor Among Thieves. Uh, this is a uh, in the theaters movie out right now. Um, it's been only been out a couple weeks, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Uh, Maybe close to a yeah. month. Yeah. I just saw it Saturday night, so uh, it's really fresh in my mind. <laughs> so, and I know I know you saw it just recently. And, we just uh, saw so it yesterday. Yeah, Cindy and I both. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's only in the theaters. So. Yep. Something. I mean, it'll be it'll be streaming sometime soon. I'm sure, uh, within a couple months. Uh, but it is it is a good fun movie. Uh, it's very. Um, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is something from uh, our our generation that was like, you know, that's when it really hit its peak and stuff like that. And it's kind of gone it through its things. And this is the fifth Dungeons and Dragons movie, and all of the ones before this have pretty much tanked. This so. is the fifth. I remember the one uh, back in like 2000 or something like that, or like right. Right at the beginning of of the uh, millennium, yeah, that, that was that was that was really bad. Um, the one with Jeremy Irons, and, yeah, Scar is the villain. He totally yeah. overacting, <laughs> and uh, you know he's a he's he's allowed. He's a he's a good actor, but but it it just was a little obnoxious. So that one was uh, released in the theaters. I guess the next one was kind of a f- limited release and then straight to streaming and then the last one was like straight to <laughs> to dvd kind of i don't even know if it got a streaming release uh but yeah they've gone hill down <laughs> downhill from that and there was one other uh, i don't know i don't even remember which one it was but uh i just you know it's something that i know a lot of people have been clamoring for just because there's a, a huge portion of this population that really loves dungeons and dragons the actual based on the game not just the medieval fantasy type movies they wanted something that really tied back into the game right the sit down game not tied to yes. the computer but just yeah sitting down the board game where yeah. you got a dungeon master lead you through yep. quests and stuff oh yeah i i yeah. did not do that much when i was a kid but i do remember a couple times um sitting down and uh i i i always like you know that if you have a good dungeon master that's really a yes. good storyteller it makes all the difference yeah, I, uh, I actually didn't play as a kid, uh, technically. I had some friends, a few, uh, one close friend that played, but I never played. We actually played a couple other role-playing games. I was going to ask you your experience with role-playing games. Um, and uh, we actually played more of a, um, it was a Marvel uh, role-playing game where you got to create superheroes. And we got really into that, and then he ended up moving and stuff like that. But uh, I actually started playing when I uh, was in the military, in the Coast Guard. And uh, so that that was kind of where I got my baptization into uh, the world of Dungeons and Dragons role playing. Yeah, we we did other games that were very much like it. But I remember you'd buy you'd buy these mm-hmm. books that 
the, <laughs> yes. and, like little binder books, and that is what the dungeon master would get. But oh, it, you're talking it, to the game, yeah. But it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. This was like an, another offshoot of that, but role playing, and uh, yeah. and someone would sit down with it, and it'd, it'd be kind of like a choose your own adventure style, okay. uh, where where you could kind of read things, you can invent a little bit, but you could read things, and then you go to the page to to kind of see what happens. Well, they sold adventures yeah. that were based yeah. in the Dungeons and Dragons world that was like that, where you would buy the kind of well, maybe it was Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I just remember it being more kind of the the cheaper version, or at least the less <laughs> well, experienced it, version. Yeah. Well, that's I think they set those up. But now that's cool. Um, yeah, I was curious on what your what your uh, you know background of it was. I, so. I made I made my own uh, choose your own adventure Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> style thing where it was it was about 150 pages and I had artwork. That I had done. This is when I was, I don't know, in my teens or something like that. But I drew, I I drew, uh, you know, they all had numbers and and oh, is go to this page if you go choose to this that. page, you yeah. choose that. So it was kind of like a choose, uh, choose your own adventure, but it was in, in the Dungeons and Dragons style. Certainly, that nice. had, it had trolls and elves and and <laughs> things like that. And I think I still have it. I've got to dig that nice. up because it's you know it's really amateurish, but it was fun. <laughs> nice, uh, that's totally cool. Um, so uh, I'm Noah, one of the main hosts, and with me as always is Steve, my main uh, man. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Noah. No problem. Uh, I wanted to get into the drinks that we do because here on uh, here on how we see it, we always create a drink or a cocktail that's t back to the movie, and uh, that's no different today. Uh, I wanted to get into my drink because it kind of goes into my history with uh, with Dungeons and Dragons, and so uh, I thought before we got too far, we could get into those. Okay, I want to so, hear yours. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm calling mine uh, Bill's Elixir of Laughter, and that's my drink. And it's a super super simple drink, but it's very specific. You have to get Parrot Bay Coconut Rum. And uh, for a while, I couldn't even find it anymore. I think it used to be made by Captain Morgan's, but it was Parrot Bay Coconut Rum, very specific. And it's a it's a 90 proof now. I can't remember if it was 90 proof then, but I remember it was, was kind of like Malibu, but for grownups, you know, it was a little heavier proof. Uh, but it's that really sweet coconut rum. And you make a rum and Coke with it, but you got to use the Parrot Bay Coconut Rum, and you got to have a real Coca-Cola. And the reason it was is uh, so good friends of mine, Bill and Sally, uh, got me into Dungeons and Dragons when I was stationed in um, uh, close to them in uh, Middletown in the Coast Guard. And uh, that was what Bill always drank. That was his go to, you know, drink of choice every week that we played every week. Almost every time we got together, that was his drink of choice. And so when I started to try and think of drinks, that's all that kept coming up in my head. And I just couldn't get away from it. And. So I wanted to, you know, pay honor to them because that that was uh, his drink. And then I was trying to figure out what I was, what I was going to call it. it. It came right to me. It was like, it's such a strong drink and it's so super easy to drink. You would get just hammered, which made it so much easier to laugh. And that's what the games were with us. It was about sitting down and having a good, hearty laugh with your friends because of some stupid game we're playing. And so <laughs> it's Bill's Elixir of Laughter and it's... It's Parrot Bay Coconut Rum and Coke. I did about, it's a it's a three to four ounce pour and then uh, just finish it off with uh, Coke, which is about six to seven ounces. So that's what it is. I used to drink a lot of those when I was, pre, oh, my, so pre, uh, my pre, my um, pre-marriage days, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, like I, I've had other coconut rums and I've had other coconut rums with cola or coconut. Yeah. And, there's something about this specific taste, though. Like, I've had them before, and I'm like, okay. But when I poured this and I took that first sip, I was like, 
the memories just started floating in and, and it just brought back so much and it was like it has that very distinct taste and that's why it's it it's got to be those exact ingredients and and that kind of pour and, and it reminds me of just being with those guys and and that was a, a, a that's great time in my life that's so. great it's fun to yeah that's, that's a great uh, great thing to pair <laughs> uh just kind of send you back to those those times um, you're right yeah well, I didn't go nostalgic with my drink. I just, <laughs> but um, I did find a cocktail that uh, that kind of led me down this. It's it, I didn't adapt it too much, but just a little bit in order to fit <clears throat> fit this. I was um, I was I looked around at a bunch of different ones, but I ended up with uh, dragon based cocktails, and I found one called the Dragon Heart. I, I'm not sure if I've ever made this before. But I, uh, I had a lot of the ingredients and I wanted to mix it up a little bit because we're introduced in the movie to, oh gosh, I have his name, uh, Thembershod. In, um, he's the dragon, the red dragon that appears in the, um, in the underworld or the underdark, uh-huh. sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's, he's, a little, he's a little bit... Uh, a little bit overweight for a, a dragon. <laughs> yes. um, they say, you know, what is what is Edgin say? He says uh, um, they found they must have found a new den. Or, or he, and he says, did he eat the last one? You know, he, he's <laughs> basically really overweight and has a hard time moving around. He doesn't. Uh, he can't. He can't throw flames out. You know, he can't breathe fire except uh, except when something ignites it. You know, if there's a match or something like that, and that kind right. of plays a part. But anyway. This is this sounds like a, a good drink, and um, the the dragon heart drink starts with three lime wedges muddled, uh, three quarter ounce of elderflower liqueur. Um, uh, it says five dashes of aromatic bitters. I used a salt and pe- a smoked salt and pepper bitters that I had uh, nice. to kind of go the smoked route. Um, one and a half ounces of aged rum. I had a nine year rum, so I'm excited about that. Three quarter ounces of mezcal, uh, half ounce of ginger liqueur. One and a half ounces of blood orange juice, and I took your cue and and ran over to Whole Foods because I hadn't been able to find them, but I never looked at Whole right. Foods. Right. So I grabbed a couple of uh, of those, and you're right; they do not juice much. You really, you know, just one. You're not even going to get. Uh, yeah. I, think I got three quarters of an ounce out of one. Yep. It's called for one and a half ounces, so I had um, I had to have two. Um, I added a couple extra things to uh, fatten it up in a bit. I added some agave syrup. And, you know, when I was looking up the, the dragon, apparently uh, Thembershot acquired a red dragon egg as part of his treasure hold. This is part of his, his history because he's, he's actually based off a real D&D dragon. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's got his, it sounds like he's, he's a bit of a hoarder and he, he was hatched underground and has never uh, strayed uh, outside of his <laughs> his den uh, because because he's got I guess he just wants to protect all his yeah. riches and stuff so he just sits sits there and eats all the people that come and and gets fat and is a little bit lazy but the fact that he acquired a red dragon egg I thought was kind of cool too so I added some egg white to this too so I added some sugar and some egg white to fatten it up and I called it a fat dragon so <laughs> here's my Fat Dragon it looks delicious. I haven't tried it yet, but it's got nice. Be- yeah, I was reading that. It looks like it's got some really cool ingredients. Mm. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Nice. All right. It's always good when you can have have one that's a tasty drink that you know it, it just it helps us uh, move along and keeps our uh, our voices uh, liquid and and flowing. Yes. So. <laughs> 
where where the other ones might just shut us up and like, ooh, this is not right. Mm. All right, let's get into this Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, so going into this, I'm, I'm not sure how you were looking at it, but I was I was going into this with uh, you know, the idea that they are, they were going to do some really cool stuff and tie it to the game and stuff like that. And I was really excited about that. Not that, you know, I haven't played in a long time. I read a lot of the books starting in high school, a lot of the um, the stuff that this world is based off of, which is the Forgotten Realms uh, portion of the of, um, the D&D. They have a couple different uh, worlds that they built up. One is the Forgotten Realms. One is um, Dragonlance. And I have a ton of books from this, this Forgotten Realms. Some of them are incredible. Some of my favorite series. Uh, one is, uh, or there's, it's actually a series of like nine or ten, maybe even eleven books about the Harpers, okay, right? Sure, and, and, and that's so, referenced in here, yeah, yeah. And so that was one of the main characters. Um, that is uh, Chris Pine's character, uh, Edwin, Edgin, Ed, Edwin. Um, sure. I'm, I've heard many people say it differently. It's Edgin. You know, it's funny because when I saw the movie, there were a lot of characters, and I followed them really well. But it wasn't until when I was doing my research that I actually learned any of their names. In the names. Forge was Holga's, the only one that I really heard over and over again, but the other ones. Yeah. Forge and Holga. Yeah. I think were the only ones they really said. But anyways, Chris Pine is supposed to be a um, harper, which I, I, I guess is because they play the harp was, you know, how they kind of played the this. And he was supposed to be a uh, bard. Right. Which is a typical character from there. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is Holga, who was a, a female barbarian. Um, and she, she, you know, those were the kind of the two main characters, I would say. Um, yeah, the two leads. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were joined by Justice Smith is, is Simon, who was a a sorcerer, kind of yeah, kind of a amateur sorcerer. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I listening to people talk about it and talking with Alyssa. It's uh, I took him as not necessarily amateur, but more like uh, he was unconfident in himself, and it 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 hurt his magic because he was supposed to be like a wild sorcerer which i don't know enough of the game to know exactly what that i i totally agree i think i think that's what made him amateur is that he didn't have confidence in it but he obviously when he was under stress like he could could conjure up the right spells at the right time so he was kind of powerful yeah but (laughs) when uh, it it came to it it took the bard to kind of convince him that he could he could pull it off by just throwing him into stressful situations yeah and i believe in you but you're not gonna be able to solve this until you get there yeah uh, Sophia, uh, Lillis is, uh, Doric, who was a, uh, she played a, um, cl- uh, not a, cleric, a druid. druid. Yeah. And then, oh God, I can't even think of the name. She, she had a specific, she was, a a, a different, uh, a race. Um, she wasn't human. She, cause she had the horns and a tail. And so she was a specific race and I can't remember the name okay. offhand. I mean, people talked about it, but, um, really cool. She had some, some really neat stuff. Uh, you had Jean uh, or uh, Reg Jean Page uh, Zenic, who played a paladin. Is it Zenic in... or just Zenk? <sighs> you know that's a good question because the, again they I know they said it but I think they only said it once. I heard it was Zenic. Okay. Um, so I'm not really hundred percent sure, but he came in and he played a paladin, and he played it like. Uh, what a lot of people would play it if you read the the the, the description of a of a, a paladin, they're very stoic and you know kind of you know very 
in like their interior, like they're not very uh, outgoing and stuff. And he played it kind of really to the T to the description in the book a lot of times. And so I thought that was really kind of neat. He did a good job with it. It did really come off as a very likable character. It seemed that was on purpose. It was almost like a Spock type character. He took everything very mm-hmm. literally, um, yes. but he was also very confident and almost to a cocky extent. He had an yes. ego that, that and uh, also really turned my wife on. I got, uh, I got some, <laughs> some big, my hand got squeezed really tightly when whenever he was on, on the screen. Oh, that's so. funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, we had Hugh Grant, who was part of the team for a while. Uh, Forge, he was he played a uh, a C for a, um, a rogue, a con man, a rogue, yeah, a rogue con man. And rogue is better better description. And then he ends up kind of the the villain in a way, along with uh, Daisy Head, who uh, played Sophia, who was a Red Wizard of Thane. Yes. And now this is a big name drop for for the books in the, in the series and the 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 world itself. That you know the red wizards of Thane were are like they're just evil in the books and things like that. They're typically a, a big villain in in books. I remember, like I said, I, it's been years since I read any of them. But it was one of those you know it's probably been twenty years since I've dealt with any of this, and that hit me, and I'm like, oh, I remember that name. And, <laughs> and some of the like Waterdeep and some of the uh, the Neverwinter and some of the other the the names they dropped, I was like, oh, I, and oh, they said one of the wizards' names. Um, I can't remember exactly off, but it's one of the the big, you know, the the most famous wizard in the the time and stuff like that. They dropped his name in there too, and I was like, oh shit, I know that name. And <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. And and that's coming from someone who amateur at best at the knowledge of this. So for the people that are really like super knowledgeable of this, it could have been really really cool. Like it, unless they got caught up in the fact that they didn't hold hundred percent true to like every written rule to the the you know the dotted i's and the cross t's they kind of they melded it the way yeah most they, home they, games would they, be they took uh yeah they took the dungeon master role seriously and basically mm-hmm. uh you know all said so this is a house yeah. rule <laughs> yes exactly house rules apply <clears throat> i know there was a lot of controversy about uh uh doric being able to yeah. turn herself into a to a uh, an owl an bear an owlbear because it's not considered a beast, it's considered a monstrosity, yeah. a monstrosity, um, which is not something that a druid can can do. Although I also saw there's already some 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 they've already fiction. changed the rules. <laughs> well, there's already some fan fiction that kind of is telling telling the backstory of that that's out there. Oh. So so yeah, it's true. There's there's uh, the, the the dungeon master has absolute power. You know, they can. <laughs> well, it's funny. My my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter Ashley our ash she went in and saw this and came home and and immediately was like oh it's great this and this and this and then she goes she goes but they had they had the druid and they 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 were shapeshift way too many times she, she shouldn't have been able to go through seven different shapeshifts it's it's two maximum and this and that i was like i'm like eh, they probably house ruled it a little bit yeah uh, not only rolling, that but- kept rolling a 20 <laughs> well my uh I heard other people talk about that, that the rules that that just isn't possible. But what I was saying is in my head, exactly that the house rules is like, you know what? Uh, there was a game uh, system that I played back with my buddy Bill and, and uh, Gunner um, when I was in uh, the Coast Guard. Uh, we had a friend who ran a game for us out of a different system called Rollmaster. Same basic concept, except for it used 100% uh, dice. You know, it was just a percentile dice, so one to 100 you just had the two dice. You didn't have all the different s- sides. Um, but you could create characters that were 
so much more unique because they had all these different things that you could put points to that were that just you could you could change it up and everything could be different so you could you could have a character that was so specialized in something that it just broke the rules in that specific thing and was like so good in that but it was like so much lower in everything else where D&D is like you take this and these are kind of your base skills and they're all kind of similar and you know you can kind of make it a little bit higher a little but instead of like you could really isolate them and it was one of the things I really liked about it because in, in what I think the the D&D is now is that you can you can really uh, personify your your character by changing it's it's not as cookie cutter anymore you know you can really go in and and take certain skills and and just really amp them up and yes other skills may fall but you can get so good at one thing you could become that master in that and maybe that's why she was able to you know that was her big thing was that yeah it sounds like the filmmakers stretched in certain places but not enough to really tick people off to break they, it because because they they put out a product that was that was fun you know this was yeah. this was a fun movie this was i mean it, was, it wasn't <laughs> great but but it was no. but it it was enough it was enough considering there's there's crap out there and uh, and uh, so it, I love it, the way it, you put that. <laughs> there's there's crap out there that's yeah. just not as good as this. But I don't uh, I don't have the all the references you do in my brain. I mean, okay. I, I, so so I had to do a lot of look. I I, I, <laughs> I went to some websites. I wrote down 36 spells they used just to kind of get a sense oh, of nice. those. I tried to write write down all the all the different uh, devices, artifacts they had. The helmet of disjunction, the uh, magic negation cuff the hither and thither staff and all these you know because yeah. it's kind of cool i mean i i got excited when they were using portal it's like oh they stored the, stole that from the movie portal you know but or not or for the video game maybe, portal. maybe not but, maybe but, not uh, but um <laughs> but but i don't know better so the yeah. fact the fact that i don't know better i i guess that's that's kind of the audience that they still have to cater to is the the one who right. doesn't really isn't going to be in on all the Easter eggs or anything like that, but still wants to be entertained. And uh, yeah, and they kind of use that same sort of <laughs> successful formula like Guardians of the Galaxy did, where it's just kind of yes. they're having fun with with an ensemble cast. That's really funny that you say that because uh, a lot of people uh, equated this to Guardians of the Galaxy. You know that found family feeling of it and these you know uh, misfits and stuff like that. And I, you know, when you said this is it's a fun movie, but it's not great. Uh, I may have been subject to when I watched when watch this because we went Saturday night uh, to the 9:30 show after a a long Friday, a uh, lot of stuff on Saturday, a lot of martial arts stuff that we did, working in the yard, and then we had my holiday party. Uh, so my my company has moved our holiday party from December to sometime in the spring, so that people aren't <laughs> conflicted with their you know their their significant others' holiday parties. So we we had that Saturday night also. So we left that early, well, a little bit early at nine o'clock and went to the movie. Get in there and the theater's air condition must have been busted because it oh, was no. muggy as fuck in there. Oh my <laughs> God. And uh, I probably dozed off for a couple minutes here and there. My wife uh, definitely tapped me once or twice. How was the crowd? I mean, was it a crowded theater? Was yeah. it? No. no, no, there was. Well, when, when I first looked earlier in the day, there was nobody. And yeah. then uh, there was probably. Six, seven other people in there total. Yeah. Okay. With us. Yeah. Saturday night. See, this movie is doing. I mean, it's made enough of its budget back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how. I don't know if they they consider it success quite yet. I think so. there's going to be a. I think there's going to be a sequel or or some other. I think they've already greenlit like a television series that they announced a year I ago. I think that would but, be actually really pretty cool. And to follow up with your theater experience, we went and saw it yesterday afternoon. So this is a Sunday afternoon at you know around three o'clock. And I think we had a few more people than than you did if you only had okay. six or seven. But we had some, you know, we had to deal with yeah. kind of the the obnoxious group that, you know, that they're, you know, we were sitting, you know, I, I picked out seats yeah, yeah. Right, right in the center because they were available. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> but, but we had a, we had a group that sat right next to me, all the way up next to us, you know, filled, uh. filled in the whole row. And they're on their phone during the movie and talking. And we finally got up. Cindy was like, let's go. We nope. walked, we, yeah, walked yeah. we walked up to the top row and sat there. But but her experience, you know, she does she's I kept asking her, what did she think? And I think she she liked it, but she said the whole first half of the movie, she just it, it was it was oh, su- such I know a how she is. <laughs> is that I mean, I don't I love seeing movies with big enthusiastic crowds, but my God, when when it seems like sometimes you get these crowds or these these groups, and maybe that's something about our area, but you, or our post COVID. I don't know, but it's like it's like they treat the theater like it's their living room, and they don't yeah. care if, if other people are around or if they're bothering. It's that's, just like it, it's very ego. It feels like it's all about them, and I think you know, sometimes it's age. Feel like like it's, if it's a, you can say what you can say or something like that. You can be the person that that does that. Oh. I know your wife does. Yeah, she does, but but it doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> it's always worked when I've been there. I don't know if I help that, but because <laughs> um, she says it, and I kind of stand up behind. Her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have, you know, and I know as soon as you said that they were on their phones and talking, I was like, oh, she's gonna hate that. Because yeah. I and I would be the same way. And and yes, I would have been one to say something and be like, dude, you know, it's funny because some other people were talking about that where. You get people, you know, on their phone and talk. Yeah, it's just, it's shitty when you get in a theater like that. And yeah, I, I think there's, I think it's, it might just be even, not just because COVID, but the way things are anymore, people are very more self-centered and don't give a shit about other people. They're like, you know, it's, it's, manners have gone out the window. Yeah, I, I don't like to be the person that's like, get off my lawn, but sometimes I feel like, come oh. on, this is ridiculous. This is, you got to show yeah. a little bit of respect for, for the environment you're in, the fact that people are coming to, they want to focus mm-hmm. on a movie, and it's okay to cheer, yeah. but be to totally, uh, you know, lighten up your phone and, and, and distracting in a way that yeah. doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It's just obnoxious. Yeah, that's too bad. I'm sad to, sad to hear that. That's too bad. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if that was me being tired and, and in this muggy theater. I don't know if that affected my watch of this. But I mean, it was. I wasn't bored per se, but I wasn't also like, I wasn't at the edge of my seat. Sure. You yeah. know, uh, a lot of people were saying too there was a lot of comedy in this, and that was one of the things. I actually didn't find it very funny. I thought some I of know. the jokes hit. Some of them didn't. I thought. I thought when it did, it. You know, the they had some good kind of timed comedy there i mean when they had some dialogue scenes the scene at the graveyard when uh, when they put that first time the <laughs> sam raimi uh, uh guest uh directing <laughs> oh is that what okay but, no but, no i i don't think he did but that's a very sam raimi-ish uh, but, uh scene but, but the raise raise the dead scene where they raise yeah. him and he's got five questions i think this is a scene that i i saw this ahead of time because it's uh, it's, it's in the trailer it's, it's well and also i think they're, they're they put it on youtube just to try to get audiences oh, okay 
but it's great timing as far as the whole delivery, uh, the dialogue and, and the delivery. It's nice when that all syncs up because yeah. it, it just kind of has that at the end when when, yeah. when they've gone through all five, five <laughs> questions. And it's like, that's funny comedy. I don't think it was all built on comedy, but but no. um, but it had it was amusing enough to to be entertaining. I, so I, I saw I do think expectations had a lot to do with this movie too. I went oh. in with uh, you know after seeing the other Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> it, it's hard to have really high expectations. At the same time, I heard this was better than that. Better, you know, the, there was there was a reason to go out and see it. So I, I, you know, that kind of made my expectations go up and down. I think this is better to go in with low expectations and be happy. Yeah, and I agree, and I I kind of had the same thing is uh, that it's where um, I saw that there was a lot of I don't want to call it real big controversy, but there was kind of some small controversy with long term uh, Dungeons and Dragons fans, not necessarily with the movie, but the company behind it, Wizard of the Coast, now owns um, Dungeons and Dragons property. Yeah, and they they did some kind of nasty shit behind the scenes where they were there's there's some people that make some you know, almost like you know fan fiction type. Uh, game modules and stuff like that where it's always been an open license like you could create you know based on the rules and stuff and and now they're trying to go after those people and and get whatever part of their profits and it's like well we i put in all the work all you all i'm doing is referencing your material like it's not like i'm stealing anything you know and so a lot of the long-term fans and 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 people that play the game were mad so they were calling for a boycott i heard that uh, okay. that one and so, but it wasn't based on the movie. And so I was kind of expecting this to tank a little bit, but then I was hearing reviews that people were, were coming out and really liked it. And, you know, I got, I got the review directly from my, my uh, daughter's mouth that she was like, yeah, you know, this was, this was fun. And she, she's just, you know, in the last couple of years really got into to D and D and wanting to play and stuff. She's, she owns about a million dice now, which you know, <laughs> when you get into it, that's usually what happens. Um, so, and then my other, my middle daughter, she's also uh, been playing uh, it with some friends and stuff lately. I think uh, your son also has, has been playing, hasn't he? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's a big game, <laughs> he's, he's a big gamer, a computer gamer, but I he likes to do board games when he comes over yeah. here. Um, we, well, we I think he was at my house one time when they had a game night. So. Okay. Well, we don't do Dungeons and Dragons, but we like doing the, the more extravagant, extravagant games yeah. where, uh, you know, they're a little bit more... Uh, more than just rolling di the dice and moving your your pawn a couple places. Yeah, <laughs> checkers with or uh, chess with di uh, dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, I got I, I saw a lot of reviews, so I was I was excited for that that it was doing good because, uh, you know, it's one of those things is I you know I don't want movies to fail because I I I fully enjoy movies and and this is kind of a genre I really really like. Um, you mean the fantasy genre? Yes, I love. Uh, well, not only that, but like the medieval kind of yeah. the, the old, yeah. The well, sure, you're into the Renaissance. You know, when when yeah. when, when they were sitting there chewing on <laughs> the, their on their turkey big legs. turkey legs, I'm like, oh my god, that's Renaissance fair. That's great. It is. <laughs> I heard someone else talk about that too. I was like, that's funny. Um, I, this to me felt like a um, a medieval bank heist. I and I I really got a kick out of that, especially how. They had to continue continuously adapt in the in the kind of the third act as they were trying yeah. to trying to get there. You know, it, it was a, it was a quest at first. They had to go here and get this, and that yeah. that sent them here to get this, and then here to get this. But it but it was that third act where it was it was the quest, you know, or it was yep. the it was the heist, the where, heist. They had, where they had to 
go plan A to plan B. You know, they yeah. have a whole dialogue about all the different plans, and we go back to you know. <laughs> I plan think he got C, to all the way to yeah E, e or D, D somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was amusing, but uh, but it was actually effective. How it kept my interest. How they continued to yes. adapt, and 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 I don't think everything flew. You know, but uh, but it was still enough to to feel like it was good storytelling in, in that regard. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me to for this is it is a lot of people were hoping to, for it to feel like uh, an anim or a uh, live action of someone's actual game. Um, <laughs> and it didn't necessarily have that. Now, I know I've talked about uh, the Legends of uh, Vox Machina, which is an animated series on uh, Prime right now. Amazon and I Prime. heard you mentioned it today to recommend it to Bo to download. It, it, if you flights. are a fan of just D&D or fantasy or any of that, uh, it is, it's an animated show, but it is freaking hilarious. It's, it's got to be PG-13 minimum because they, they drop some F-bombs and some other stuff like that. But it's, it is literally, it's, and it's animated, but it is uh, from a game or a, a group uh, that does, it's called Critical Role, and they were doing YouTube videos of their actual D&D game, and it's, it's based on that. And so, and it's all voice actors that okay. are playing in a real game. And it's, it's literally just the animated version of the game they played. It is so much fun, so incredibly done that it's like, I was hoping this was going to be some kind of live action similar to that. And it, it failed in that aspect, but it's not bad. Um, but that's, if you want a D&D experience of what a game can be, like a really good game, that is one to go watch. Interesting. Uh, it so, so it's actually in kind of real time. Uh, so they, they do real time. Or? Yeah, they do real time where they they YouTube, uh, I believe, uh, their their actual game sessions, uh -huh. right, as they're playing. And 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 so that's and it's and, they and that's the material they draw from for this animated. Yes. Huh. And it's, it's some of the actual conversations. That I think they, you know, they kind of fancy it up a little bit when they're writing like they they make the dialogue a little better they probably skip a lot of the stuff that may get said just kind of in the chit chat and and barter that goes around but it, it also has a lot of the just jokes that drop when when they're playing and and it's just incredible one of the things i liked about that one where i i think this one failed a little bit is we didn't have a full understanding and grasping of all the characters in their their archetypes like um, I believe the Chris Pines character um, as a bard is so underdone. It's like if someone if someone would have never told me that he he was a bard and he never had a an instrument with him, right. I would have never known. Even having the instrument, he never did any bard like stuff. No, in fact, I didn't even you know I didn't even know he was a bard. I, I missed that until I was I was reading about it and studying it today, and I'm like, oh, well, that's why he br broke out that instrument at the time. But but yeah. yeah, he plays the same kind of Chris Pine role that he does in in Wonder Woman. Everything. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. but I mean, he does it well. He's got kind of that charming, uh, yeah, uh, comical, uh, <laughs> you know, leading well, type force there. <laughs> it work. It works. But uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's not funny. Nothing new. <laughs> The bard character in general, though, like from what everything I've been around and everything I've played has always been just like that's that's like the the sucky draw. If you end up getting the bard in the character, group, <laughs> you're like, oh, really? I'm the bard? Fuck. Um, but Legends of Vox Machina, uh, they have a bard in there that b 
beyond blows your mind. He is one of the best characters in the whole thing. He is he is funny. Uh, everything he does magically and and as a character is like cool as shit. And he's like one of the coolest characters. He is uh, he, he's a horn dog from fucking all and and he doesn't care. He'll sleep with anything. It's just. He's always playing like kind of metal music. I mean, it's just his hilarious. Is it is it true that the bard, you know, with their with their singing their heroic verse, they, they tend to be the inspirational ones that can yes. kind of push people into into solving things. From or, what I understand, I don't know if I I've played a bard once or twice, but yeah, it's like their magical ability it comes from like when they're playing the song and they um it 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 amps up the rest of the group it like gives them bonuses it makes them stronger makes them healthier makes them faster okay all those things but it all comes from their singing and then they could also do other things like actually affect things with their music um but it all comes from the the music side of it in the singing and or playing the flute or something like that typically yeah he didn't come across as you know even when he does have yes. that little singing moment when they do that magic imaging or you know that but that, that wasn't even him that was I, I, no, I know it was the other person. That's what I, I know. Me I, off. <laughs> I, and, and when that happened, I was like, oh, this doesn't, I mean, oh, he's singing. Is this his voice? I wonder. And, and, uh, it, it just felt a little out of place, which it should, right. if he's a bard, that should be the, t the most, yeah. uh, comfortable place for them to be in. So maybe, maybe they cast Chris Pine, just knowing that he could carry the movie a little yeah. better than someone that might've fit the role better. Right. Well, and then, and well, I think it was written the character like Chris Pine could have pulled it off because that's it. Their charisma is huge. That's uh -huh. part of their thing is their charisma. Um, I think they just wrote the character poorly. Then we have Holga, who is uh, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, was a barbarian. You know, they're 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 the muscle. They're the fighters. They're supposed to be these badass fighters. I don't know if she was supposed to be a true barbarian or maybe just a badass fighter. But yeah, um, I I like her as an actor. But she is so one person. Like, there is no range. I have not seen any range in her as an actor in anything now. She is the same character in Avatar 2, uh, Fast and the Furious, going yeah. back to Lost. I thought this was a little bit more interesting because she played things a little bit more reserved. I really didn't like the little Bradley Cooper cameo. And oh, God, and I hated that, too. That, that totally I hated felt, that too. felt really odd and forced and and out of place but i did i did like how they played her character and and in uh in you, well, you she know, has in, a... in the end i cared about her i i thought i thought okay. they i thought they made that work i i felt like oh oh man that this this is really is is a is a nice redemption for uh for chris pine and and uh, you know he and and at the same time we get to save her character and she feels like yeah. she's got a got a place but uh um, I, you know, I, I didn't see her playing the same character as in Fast and Furious. She's a little well, bit more uh, to cocky. Me it's, to me, in this one, she wasn't cocky. She was just badass well, that, and, and a little That's bit the barbarian. That's why yeah. I think she was a barbarian. That's kind of the idea is they're just, they're very forward. They're, 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 they're kind of like Drax, uh -huh. uh, you know, yes. not, not a lot of, but yeah. So, I mean, she plays that, but to me, that's the same character she is in Fast and Furious. No, I, same I, character I didn't she see was it, but, in, but, but I Avatar. didn't care. I didn't care for the love, love story. That seemed weird. I, so it didn't bother. It didn't bother me that the love story. What bothered me about that is he's supposed to be a halfling, but the way it was shot, like the size difference, was really off. It, they, I think they were trying to just do the same. They were trying to sh do some sort of homage to Lord of the Rings or Fellowship of the Rings with the, well, with okay, the scene. So, you know when, yeah. when they're doing forced perspective. 
Yeah, but it, it didn't, but they didn't do it well. It was weird, yeah. So he's supposed to be a halfling, which are, you know, they're, they're usually the size of children, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's like just shrinking the whole body down didn't make it, it, it didn't work right as much. It, it was like they went too small. Is that what they did? I, yeah. It, it, did, it was. Yeah. It didn't work. It did, I didn't like it either. I, I didn't even realize it was Bradley Cooper. I was kind of like, I was like, I didn't know that until I heard people talk about it. I was like, oh, because that scene I was so taken out from because of the size difference was so off and not didn't feel right to me. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I thought it was actually kind of funny that, you know, the other the other kind of barbarian woman that's very much like her shows up and you're like, oh, he's got a type and she's got a type kind of thing. I thought that, I think, I thought that was actually kind of funny. Uh, but I didn't care for her acting in it. I didn't care for Bradley Cooper. I didn't care for that that scene as much, but for different reasons. Uh, Simon, our, our uh, unconfident wizard, um, he kind of was just there. I mean, I, I liked his story, but I was, you know, I liked the idea of that, you know, his confidence wasn't there and he had to get it and stuff like that. But the guy didn't do anything for me. I just thought I, it was kind of I lackluster. kind of agree. I think, I think... S- he came across as kind of a um, a TV actor. <laughs> you know, he just he kind of had a, a lot of people said that uh, his presence just felt felt like it was a little amateurish. Didn't bring <laughs> that much to it. Um, I yeah. liked the role. I, it was it was fun, but uh, but yeah, his his cast. Do you find that it, it, something about this movie? I think it was the hair and makeup made things look a little. TV-ish, and, uh, and it took yeah, me out yeah, of okay. it. Yeah, okay, I say what you're um, saying. And com- compared to something like Lord of the Rings, which is probably a, a, a certainly a, a very high high uh, a level to, to reach, yeah. you know, a high bar to, to, to cross over. But, you know, the the hair and makeup was much more disheveled and, <laughs> and, and sweaty and stuff like that. And here... It, you felt like you were in an episode of of, of 90210 or the OC so or something opera. like that where where they've got nice makeup and their hairs even though they, it might be in a in a different style it's still always well kept and and <laughs> I don't I don't care if, I liked the costumes but m- yeah. maybe it was the lighting and the and the hair and, and makeup just kind of made things seem a little low budget or a little I can a little, see I can see what you're saying yeah and, and I wish they just throw some dirt on him or some more sweat or something like that just to to kind of messy it up. Yeah, a no, bit nobody's out there medieval. taking like showers all the time. So yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, Sophie Lillis is dork. I liked her character, but they didn't give her a lot to do outside of the CGI stuff, right? Her changing into other I, animals was I a agree. big part she, of her. Yeah, she's a very. Uh, I I think she has a, a a very attractive face and good expression and stuff, and she fits the role of a. Of a of a druid, well, like an elf, she's got kind of that quality to her. Yeah, I remember her from it, Stephen King's it. I was like, I okay. know her from something. I know her from something, <laughs> and that's what I I had when I looked it up. It's like, okay, that's what it was. Um, and uh, yeah, she's. I think she's very engaging uh, as a, as far as a presence. But again, the. It, it still felt almost like a TV role, like something a little minor about it. Well, I think it was just they just never gave her any speaking parts that were like interesting or or deep or anything. It literally was like, okay, we're gonna CGI you into this, and that's your action and everything. And so she kind of was kind of like a, a lost lost use uh, of other than <laughs> to be a a love interest for Simon, which I thought was horrible. I thought that was so bad. Like well, it, it did. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Didn't a- fe- 
Yeah. I didn't feel it at all. It was more like just a kind of a first date thing, just trying to get noticed. Because even in the end, when she's like, okay, we can we can give it another try. Well, apparently the idea was, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was he tried to go out with her before, but she didn't want to have anything to do with him because of his confidence. So that was the whole point is he now yeah. he has his confidence. But it's I still didn't feel it. I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, most, most of these characters didn't stand out as far as really engaging characters like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where right. things were a lot more elevated and unique and and interesting, at least in the first movie. Um, that uh, I yeah, agree. this one this one didn't they didn't pop like that. They didn't yeah. you know. Uh you know, uh Zenik, the 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 paladin character, his his wardrobe was I thought was cool too. I loved everything <laughs> about that. I was like, oh man, that would be like as a as a nerd kid growing up wanting to be in the backyard, you know, swinging swords and stuff like that, to be, have something like that, oh, you would just feel like so freaking cool. I just thought he looked the part so well um, as far as that. But like again, too, his I think his his stoic nature made him someone hard to really care about either. Like I just like he was there, he did his thing and he walked away and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like I didn't feel any. <laughs> I th I found his presence amusing and, and, and basically it was kind of that standoffishness and how other people reacted to that. His literal take on things, you know, some of the right. stuff was, was, was kind of more straightforward humor. Some <laughs> of it played the scene just, just right. I, I, uh, in it's, so it's not the way he played it necessarily, but just, I thought his, his, uh, role worked for the scenes that he was in okay. and, and, and made him made him more interesting. So I uh so two scenes that are are complete opposite to me with him in it. The first is his kind of introduction where he he rescues the baby cat person from the fish. Right. I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Like I was like, what like this should like you guys should have rewrote something. This is horrible. This is it looks bad. It doesn't. It just is. It's a bad scene. But then his exit when he's walking away, and he just walks straight and then goes up and over the boulder and keeps going. I thought that was hilarious, and I thought that was so funny. And I was like, it was, well, not only that, you got the commentary from Chris Pine's yeah. character where he's just like, and he's going to go right over it. So, so apparently, what I I read was that. Uh, he improvised that walking over the boulder and there wasn't the, the audio track with it when he, it was just him walking off. And then they added that, that yeah. after the fact. That's great. And I was like, that's, that's hilarious. But yeah, it was an improvised by him to go up and over the boulder. I'm like, that is, <laughs> that is funny. That is good. But the whole rescuing the cat baby from the fish, I was kind of like, I get it. I get it. The cat from the, the fish eating the cat. I'm like, Oh, that's funny. But it just, it, it looked bad. It just didn't. What do you What do you think of the practical effects? Because sometimes I think they they work, but even movies like Gosh, I remember when Phantom Menace came out, and it had practical effects with you know the Greedo character, the little little child Greedo, just looked. Oh right. You know, <laughs> and it's it maybe it's the it's the fact that they you know that they just have a mask on and they're running around with gloves, <laughs> gloves and a mask and stuff, and it just feels like doesn't feel right. And that's what I felt like a lot of the characters in here, they were just these yeah. guys walking around with masks and, and gloves on to make them be, be these creatures and stuff. Yeah. It, it, at the same time, if it's too much CGI, that turns me off, you know, it's so maybe right. I'm just being totally picky about it. Cause I, I do like when, when practical effects are done well, but yeah, yeah. It, sometimes they just didn't come across very effectively like that, like the fish and yeah. the cat. Yeah. So now you talk about the, well, I guess there were CGI effects, but some of the things, oh, sure. and they were, yeah. 
they were Easter eggs, but it was also a kind of really cool uh, thing was uh, the whole uh, games in the maze and stuff. And they had the displacer beast, which is that panther with the dual table uh, tail. <laughs> I, I, I uh, said, yeah, I had to look it up, but I had originally said uh, panther plant because <laughs> it looks panther. like it's got like plant well, growing out of that it. That is a... Um, I don't remember ever. Like, it's a very famous D and D monster. Like, I think it's on the cover of something, or it's very prevalent okay. in, in some adventure. So, it was really cool that it was there. But then it was the the gelatinous cube. That yeah. was the one that kind of threw me for because that's that's in like a it, it's in one of the early like uh, the, the creator of, of Dungeons and Dragons yeah. actually came up with that. I think yeah. Or, it's in one of the early d- dungeon crawls that, like, everybody get. It might even be in the one that's like, uh, here's the free dungeon call you get when you bought the first book and stuff like that was the gelatinous cube. And I thought it was hilarious that they put that in there. One of my absolute favorite Easter eggs in this this movie, and I knew about it before it even happened just because I, I don't even know how I came across it. But uh, in the 80s, uh, there was a animated series called Dungeons & Dragons. And it was a it was a cartoon series. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. With and this. it was six six kids that rode a a Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster and got shot off into the world of the uh, the dungeon master, and they each had a sp- one special weapon uh, and gave them a power. And uh, so when they were when they came up on the blocks and they're getting ready to start that, if you look, they show off to one side. That group was there. Yep. And I lost my shit when I found out about it because <laughs> I was such a huge fan of that cartoon. Um, and they're, so and they're much, wearing the exact same costumes, really yeah. kind of cartoony almost the way it's the, the material yeah. does not, you know, where the costumes in this I thought were really good, but those stood out as as this is really plain and just like the animated series. Well, I mean, if you know them, you know, because they are very distinct color wise and they, yeah. they, they have a very specific look. And I, so. I, I didn't, say, I didn't so, know him, but I knew something was yeah. up when I saw him. It's like, oh, okay, that's got to be a nod to something. <laughs> well, so that it, it came out in, like I said, the 80s. And uh, I enjoyed it so much that somewhere in the mid-90s, off of eBay, I believe, I bought a VHS copy of the entire series. And it came on like seven VHS you know, tapes. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually still have those. Seven VHS. So that's like 14 hours. Yeah. Was yeah, it two it's hours like, play? Cause it depends on yeah, if you're doing VHS two hour play, but you can do extended play. I think it's extended play. I think it's, it's something like 16 to 18 episodes or something like that. Okay. But I, I bought the whole series and I, you know, I probably paid more than I should have. Uh, but yeah. And now that I don't even have a VHS to play them on, but I still have those tapes. Uh, and, but that's how much I enjoyed that cartoon. And, and there's people out there that hate it, but I don't care. I was, I was like, nope, I fucking love this shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so I was so excited when I saw that and heard that. And then to have them, you know, they, they play a couple parts in, in throughout the, the maze crawl. So I just thought that was really neat that they, they did little stuff like that. Those little nods, you know, and, and I, I think that's, I think that's what's going to win over the D and D crowd overall in this is that they they threw all these little fun things into it the intellect devourer brains yeah. little brains with legs um attack prey with high intelligence well that's a little hurtful after they pass yeah <laughs> well so i saw i saw a written up statement that said that it made sense because none of the characters their 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 archetypes none of them are intelligence based because he's a sorcerer it's wisdom based instead of intelligence and so, had he been a a a, um, a wizard, 
which okay. is intelligence based, he would have. Uh, they oh, might have gone so after So wizard him. is different than sorcerer. I didn't know that. Yeah, they learn different magic. They okay. learn it differently. Okay. Yeah, well, there's, I well, mean. Okay. I, explain that more. That doesn't. So in, in the main D&D, like there's, there's six basic uh, attributes. There's strength, constitution, um, wisdom, dexterity, uh, intelligence, and charisma, I think are the ones. And so... Uh, a wizard would want high intelligence because they they learn their basic magic from uh, books. Okay. And then uh, sorcerers, they they're kind of more of a wild thing. So it, they they theirs is more on uh, wisdom rather than intelligence. So it's more like knowing how. I mean, it's I don't know how to get into it directly, but it's okay. like knowing how to write a math formula or knowing how to like troubleshoot a machine without a you know, schematic. Or giving in to the dark side of the forest type. Yeah, it's just a different <laughs> way of looking at things. So wisdom and wisdom and intelligence are actually separate attributes. Like, you could be really book smart, but, like, superly socially awkward, right? And that would, you would have a high intelligence, but a low wisdom. And it might, you know, the other side might be you're really quick-witted and you're, you're kind of this and that, but you got a low intelligence. So, like, you may be not able to read, but you could fix a, a machine you know, without any, you know, just like you've never seen it before, but you know how uh, an engine works or, you know, things like that, I guess. You know, that's not the exact thing, but, you know, the different attributes play differently. And so depending on what you do, that's that's how you kind of roll it. So that's why the, the those guys walk right on by. No one had a high intelligence, which I thought was perfect for Chris Pine to say that because it's kind of <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I kind of like how we never saw them again either. It was just like it was just a little, right, yeah. little drop for a moment. Like, what the hell? I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> but apparently those are, those are uh, you know, creatures right out of the Monster Manual and stuff like that. So I think that's, yeah. it's, it's really cool. Um, one of the, one of the interesting things, you know, we talk about that part, uh, just reading into stuff like this. Um, there's been some other controversies with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and and one of them kind of came up to change the story in this. Now, uh, there's a character called Dritz in the Forgotten Realms who is a what they call a dark elf, and uh, the dark elves are basically, uh, you know, a a race of elves who live in this under under dark or underworld area. And they're they're dark in skin tone, you know, black almost, and so they're they're inherently evil in in the the world, the books and stuff like that. Well, Dritz is one of those that breaks the mold, and he's like this super good, but he's also like this incredible, like the best fighter ever. He's like Bruce Lee of of these of these people, but he's also very good hearted and stuff like that. And so the idea was that. When they went to this underdark, they were going to have him be the Zenit character and and help them find this thing and go into where his his evil people live and and all that. But because there's this controversy because they're they're dark elves and their skin is dark and stuff like that, that now how everything is, everybody's like, oh, well, that's that's this metaphor for you know black people being evil, and it's like, no, it's it's not really. They're not trying to say that. It's just. When you have a fantasy world, sometimes shit ends up like that. And, you know, how do you how do you differentiate between, you know, one set of elves and another set of elves and one is going to be an evil entity, you know, and it's they're not trying to say, you know, black people are evil. And so, so it became a controversy within the books and in, in the, the, um, the game mechanisms. There's a lot of other things that people are 
so upset about because oh my god you're 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 using these people as like an example of real world and it's like no it's it's just called fantasy you could be whatever the fuck you want to be in a fantasy if you just <laughs> put your mind to it and don't get offended but anyway so they changed the story and that's why we ended up with what we did but in that scene where we have those intelligent uh mind suckers i can't even think of the name of them they uh there's that city that they show, and that was supposed to be the the underworld where the Dark Elves live. God, that would have been so cool if they had put that in there because Dritz is one of those characters that uh, he started in a, a series of books called the Crystal Shard series, one of my absolute favorite um, D&D-based book series. Um, and he starts in that, and then he goes on to become one of the most famous D&D characters in books. Like, he has, like probably four or five different trilogies just based on him and him alone. And, uh, you know, but it's just one of those things. He's, he's such a cool character and just a fucking badass. but it's like to have him in there would have been like, people would have lost their fucking mind. It would have been so cool, but because they didn't want to get caught up in this potential, you know, I'm offended because, you know, you have a different imagination than me. Um, you know, kind of thing that it, it was, it was, you know, kind of sad that that's what it was but they do still leave that kind of visual of the the city in the underdark of of uh where it would have started thought that maybe was maybe a tv series will explore that or maybe they'll no <laughs> i hope they do because like i said you know it, he's such a cool character and he's so big in that 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 fantasy realm that he he's he would draw so much people you know to it that you know maybe people could get past the idea that hey you know what they, if they if they, they write it well, if it's legitimately yeah. not uh, well, what it is, it, to... people aren't even caring about how it's written. It's just a visual. Yeah, you made you made black elves and they're evil, and it's like, well, they could have been green elves. It just that's the the style they went with. Nobody was trying to say anything about black people, but you know, in the time in the age that we're in now, it's like you can't say anything like that or be anything like that because all of a sudden it's just oh, it's it's referencing this. It's like no, it's a fantasy world. You know, are you saying that they, you can't have evil? It's not, they weren't trying to say that just because they're black, they're evil, because there's other evil races out there, you know, and that's the other thing. Everybody's getting mad at, well, you, you're, you're making, you, you make these people just evil if that's what they are. And it's like, well, what do you want in a fantasy realm? You got to have good and the bad. So, yeah, you got to have uh, races that are inherently evil. Yeah. That yeah. isn't, that, that that they doesn't released, mean that's what it is in this Star world. Wars now they they they'd make uh, oh like Darth God. Vader. What color would his mask be? Um, wouldn't be the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just it it is what it is. But that's it, it's sad it, that that's what it is. Yeah, I I think storytellers these days are probably probably know that regardless they're gonna be they're gonna be under the microscope for anything that they put out there, and so you just got to keep writing and keep making. Making well, stories, and uh, you know, if if it's if it's true, a lot of then, yeah, then it's a lot of it started with uh, with the, and I don't mean to get too far off the subject, but a lot of it started with the the major books came out in the '60s and '70s, and a lot of the art at the time uh, had the, most of the races represented showed as as you know white or light skinned and stuff like that, but nothing in any of them ever said, hey, this is this is all you can be. You can't you you know. So to me, when you're playing games like this, you can make your person whatever there is. And there's never been a thing that says, oh, if you have dark skin, you automatically have this negative or this positive if you're white skin. 
but people take it that way because the art is drawn one way or the other. And it's like, it's a fantasy game where you could make up whatever the fuck you want. You could be green for all we care. It's like, we don't, we're giving you an open book to write your story and play it. And so that's, I, I find it so hilarious that these people get so offended that these, you're telling me this fantasy world, I have to be this. And like, no, we're telling you, here's the basis of it. You come up with what you want to be. But people are offended by it because everybody wants to be hand-fed their, it, their And then also their people life. are offended if anyone tries to change it, you know, change it to try to adapt to the, the offended well, people. Well, there's that like, too. Well, then let's, let's, let's not make it black. Let's make it another color or let's, let's make it another trait or something that kind of makes them evil. Oh. And then, the, and then the, uh, the, there's a group that's going to say, what, you changed the source material? You guys suck. And, and so it, you're, you, you've kind of trapped yourself if you're, if you're, using old material and trying to adapt it to, well, the, to the, new new environments. The problem is years. is we base we base kind of this stuff off of our own world in a way because people. And there's people from different regions and they have certain stuff like that. Well, they take that same idea and they say, okay, well, we're going to make people and we're going to make creatures and they're going to have certain things. And so if you make an aspect that even closely represents anybody or what perceived might be anybody, like apparently... There was one that was done in the late 1990s or early 2000s that was a race of primitive, um, what do they call it? I can't remember, but it was, it sounded like it was ape-like, right? Didn't, it wasn't even humanoid, but it was kind of like a, a primitive ape-like creature. But, and they, they uh, would capture people and put them in slavery and all of a sudden people were up in arms and that. And I'm like... Well, I mean, no one's no one's saying that that's anybody. They're just saying that hey, this is an evil kind of uh, race that's trying to take over, you know, this area. And done it with lizard people, but nobody got up up in arms in that. They're just they're making another creature, <laughs> essentially. Uh, so it, it just it's crazy how it goes. But but it, I, it's also fair that it does create this controversy and people get upset and stuff as long as you're creating an environment that allows for that. I mean, if, if it's, if, if you do something for entertainment and someone's going to, going to, it's, it's going to create an emotional response. Maybe that's okay. Maybe then you discuss it more. It's just, it's just when it, when it. Right. When, but what happens is when you, when it doesn't work for you, right. And you start yelling, I, I, that offends me. This offends me. It's like, well, is that, is it offending you because you're digging too deep into it and thinking that everybody else is, is pointing at you or is it because it really is? And I think a lot of it is the first one where it's like people are saying, oh, that could be construed close to me because I feel that way about myself. Well, that's not how they designed it. And so you, you, you can't just tell everybody, oh, you can't feel that way or you can't do that because I'm offended. Yeah. There's some, you know people, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I know a, a, it's, I think it's, it's our right to be offended it's our right to express that we're offended, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it makes needs the entertainment to stop. You can express yourself. You can be offended. Right. But uh, but then there's also people that are offended by the those who are offended. And and so it, it yes. can get into this kind of crazy cycle. Yeah. It's all about everyone's offended at everyone, and it's not really about having a good time or, or making interesting entertainment. But sometimes I think it's fair to feel offended and to express yourself. So, oh, I, um, I agree, but I, you can't force your, you can't force your views on other people's but, is I think what but, is happening a lot, but that's, 
what, what does that look like, forcing your views? I mean, if being able to share your views and be offended, is that forcing well, your views? No, but that's what they're saying is they're, they're like, you need to change the way you write this. Is that, they're like, they're, isn't that fair, though, for someone to say that? I mean... Th- isn't that forcing their view on... Like, you're like... How, well, I, I, I understand that, yeah, sometimes these people bug me, but it, it's still kind of a, a dilemma. I don't know. I, to me, it seems like it's, it's, a, it's a very American right to be offended and to share your opinion and right. to spread your okay. opinion and to maybe not go out and buy, buy tickets to a movie because you're offended um, right. and, and change some people's opinions, but... But it, this is so. There's a perfect statement that always makes me think about okay. it. Is okay. is my my personal freedoms don't rely on your uh, or it's like my my First Amendment rights don't care about your your feelings. Okay, like you can be you could be offended and you can say what you want, but it doesn't mean I have to change what I do. And that's and that's where a lot of these guys were like, you know, you you could well, be offended. I'm sorry that that's the case, but and, you know, and you could choose not to purchase them. But like they're literally like you know, attacking people and saying, hey, you need to change the way you think. But It's like, well, but, what but, about my first amendment rights? When you say attacking, rights? that's something. That's I, I think you're just saying that's, I mean, that sounds like another word for someone sharing their offended opinion. Um, is that what you mean well, by attacking? Well, I mean, it, or? yes, in a way, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, to me, it seems like this is this is all fair conversation. It's not necessarily yeah. conversation that I enjoy listening to. Um, no, no, I know because a lot of times it gets old and tired, and yeah, and and you you can get it. Well, people don't want to talk about it either. They want their you, opinion heard and nobody well, else's. Yeah, usually you can get a sense of someone's motives when you're watching something, and if if maybe they were made a misstep, it's fair to 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 be make it be known that hey, that you know you're gonna. You're going to piss some people off at this because it's going to affect them and whether they take notice or not. But well, yeah, and, and that's what I, I mean. And I'm, I'm sad that this went this way, but but that's where some of the controversies came for this this show uh, from some people and, and yeah. some of the deeper. Uh, I don't want I don't want some of the mythology, but written rule books and stories and stuff like that, that people are like, hey, you know that you got to change that because this and this is it's like, well. Why do we have to change it? If you don't like it, that's fine. Don't buy it. Don't read it. Don't play it. But why are you trying to tell me I have to change what my, uh, you know, fantasy realm that I wrote and I spent my imagination on and I and I put this together for other people? You you can choose to like it or not and, and choose to spend your money on it or not. But to kind of come at me and say you have to change it is is kind of, you know, that's where I that's where I was kind of going. Okay. And that, and that's and that's what it was is, and and you know you got bo- people on both sides probably and you got people in the middle. Well, I I just I don't know what, I don't know where the line is on where where you have to stop expressing your opinion because, you know. Well, you if- can ex- you can express your opinion, but when you go out and 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 start claiming people need to change their opinions. But that's change- that's an opinion. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that what that that sounds like an opinion? Where where does it draw? Where does it cross the line into something that? You know, when they start pointing at you and saying, change your opinion, is that not okay? I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, when you, when, if I wrote a book, right, and someone came out and said, I don't, I think the way you wrote this is horrible. And I was like, okay, well, you don't have to read it. It's, it's your opinion. Okay. This is, you know, that's fine. But where does it cross the line to, where does it cross the line beyond saying that to you? 
That's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I I just think there. Well, I mean, you see today now where people are being attacked and 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 there's so much anger and everything. Nobody has conversations anymore to discuss anything. And I think that's that's kind of where we're at now. We're 20 years ago, people actually had conversations about like, hey, this this is this and this and this is how I feel about it, you know. And you know, why is it this way? Now it's not anymore. Like that, I think is where I'm trying. What I was trying to say is like. No more is it like, hey, I'm not trying to figure out where you're coming from. I'm just telling you how I feel, and you need to change to be more like me. Yeah, I, I think that's poli- politics has lost their ability to compromise. You know, and I well, think I think I think problems these days are n- not black and white. They're not. They're not e- black and white. <laughs> they're not. Uh, they're not simple. And the only way to solve problems is to come to discussion. To a certain well, to to it's a give and take too. Give and take. It's a compromise, and that's not. That just right, and that's happen. what I meant. And that's kind of what I was talking about in these these controversies. Is people are like, "You need to change this." And it's like, "Well, I don't really need to do anything because you tell me to do that." And that's where I was trying to say they're being attacked essentially for for their own. You but know. I think that's a fair. It's it's that that is. I, I don't. Well, you I, can you can say it, yeah. Okay, you can say I don't like. It's like if I drove by your house and say I don't like that color, you need to paint it. Yeah. Like I can say I don't like that color, and I'm fine with that. But me telling you to paint it is kind of going overboard. You're like, well, now you're telling me I have to do something because of your opinion for my work. No, I can leave my house the color I want, and you can go screw yourself. And if you don't like it, don't look at my house. Kind of the same thing. Is mm-hmm. is always all I say. I mean, that's just one simple way of looking at. It. I mean, and that's that's on a very small level. I mean, there you, there's there's so much into this, and it's not just. Not just these fantasy realms. That, that, that's where I. That's where I was. I was trying to say is where I thought it was really odd that these people were going so crazy over this. Like, hey, that's so offensive in this fantasy book. And I was like, nobody's telling you you have to play it exactly like that. They're saying this is a guideline. Meld it to your own story. Yeah, yeah. You know I, what I, I mean? I think. I mean, I, I, I did hear some, some. Some of the, the reviewers were saying that there was some early controversy about how they were playing some of these characters, how they were trying to, you know, have a lot more diversity, and 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 sometimes that that means that uh, they're gonna they're gonna be playing to those those uh, those bases that that really want not not entertainment, so, but they want more more uh, uh, diversity or more representation. So but it, I I didn't get that 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 feeling with. I, the reviewers, the reviewers were saying, "No, this didn't really go into that. That uh, that was kind of." I thought they 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 were they were cast really well. I didn't care. Like I didn't see to to lack of a better yeah. way of saying it. I didn't see a color in a character. I saw a character. I didn't uh, care which, what color. Which is good. Yeah, I think I think we both we all agree that the the acting wasn't necessarily that that inspired, but uh, yeah. it wasn't like we were we were there. If you if you look back, they're probably. They're, I think it was a very diverse cast, but it never felt like things were out of place. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. You know what? It did, it didn't feel like a forced woke diversity hire. Yeah. Film where you see that in some others. Uh, one of the things, in, and this is one where I really had an issue with people who were saying that that D and D wasn't diverse. One of my favorite games I ever played in um, I, with my buddy Bill, who I talked about earlier. We went to a gaming convention and we played in a a sanctioned. D&D game by Wizards of the Coast. Some some guy was there to run it. We didn't even know. We just showed up and 
and uh, four other people showed up, and there were six of us. And you just sat down in front of a, a character sheet that was turned over, so you didn't even know what you were sitting in front of, and you flip it over, and you started to read. And um, <clears throat> it had the different ty- character types. There was a ranger, there was a paladin, there was a a cleric. Oh, I'm trying to remember what all of them were. But the interesting thing was, is they were all bugs. <laughs> so the ranger was like a horsefly. Uh, the paladin was like a dragonfly, I think. There was a praying mantis who was the cleric. Um, I can't even remember what the rest of them were, but it was one of those things is you didn't know who you were getting, and you didn't know what, what sex they were either. Like, I think the ranger was the, the, the dragon, or it was a horsefly. Horsefly Ranger was actually a female, and my buddy Bill ended up with that. I think I ended up with the Dragonfly, which was the Paladin. And then there was another character. I think it was a Ladybug that was something else. And it was like one of those uh, triangles where the Horsefly was in love with the Paladin, the Paladin was in love with the Ladybug, and the Ladybug was in, in love with the Horsefly or some crazy shit like that. And we had to play it out. No races. There was no. Yeah. There was no color. They're, they're, the genders were all over the, but it was like there were bugs, and it was one of the most fun things I've ever been involved with as far as a role playing game. It was hilarious. We had so much fun. But that's what I meant with D and D, and that's just why I was so, like, it was hard for me to to understand why these people were like up in arms and like, oh my god, you're not representing this group. And it's like, you can be whatever the fuck you want to be. It's a guideline. Mold it. Yeah. And so that's what I, I was getting. Um, now that we get off our tangent, I want to get back into this because sure. uh, one of the things I, I what did you think about Hugh Grant as Forge? What did you think about the acting and the character uh, uh, of Forge and Hugh Grant, Grant's portrayal of him? I thought it was typical of Hugh Grant. You know, he, he, plays, <laughs> he plays kind of that unlikable con man character in a lot of movies. And so it I, didn't uh, it, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. He he's his his presence didn't seem to fit. I thought he played the role fun in places. A little smiley and kind of uh yeah, but uh he didn't fit with the other cast. I mean, this is where you're this is this is where there was kind of this imbalance of of these young kind of TV TV caliber actors, actors. and then and, <laughs> and then Chris you, Pine. And then you get Chris Pine and and Hugh Grant just seemed a little bit more over the top. I I enjoyed him because I kind of enjoy uh, Hugh Grant, but he, he st- it still felt out of place. Something uh, felt like he was he was really uh, putting on a show, and um, so I don't know. So I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I you know it's weird. I I noticed his his he seemed different than the rest. Like he was almost like in a he thought he was in a hardcore comedy where everybody else was in this kind of half serious, half, half comedy. And uh, so someone mentioned that they thought that he was just there to get a paycheck. Uh, you know, he wasn't kind of putting everything into it. And I was like, oh, well, he seemed like to really act hard into it. But it, he seemed to take it at a different level. Like he seemed to be in a different type of movie. I don't I didn't get the impression that he was phoning it in. I thought I thought he was putting a performance out there. But yeah, it, okay. was, it was a little different caliber. You're right that it was it was uh, but uh um hmm. I, it was, I just that's it, you know I at it, it the very first shot cuz when we go into the theater, they before the movie starts, it's them all lined up. Oh, right, right, yeah. They're introducing the movie saying kind of like that thank you for coming to the theater. Yeah. This is a movie. He seemed seeing. like he didn't want to be there for oh that. Oh my god, right? <laughs> 
Now I, I know, and, and he had that controversy at the Academy Awards this last, you know, last month, where he was interviewed on the red carpet, and he was so kind of, you know, he was Hugh Grant. He was like, <laughs> he, he, every comment was was like, you know, what do you think of this movie? You know, because he was in the uh, the Glass Onion. What do you think of it? And his response was like, I was only in it for. You know, he, he was just, he was off-putting. He wasn't making it easier for the interviewer. Right, Instead, right, he, yeah. his comments were just like, I don't want to be here. What are you asking me these <laughs> questions for? These are stupid. And uh, almost saying that, <laughs> you know, word for word. Um, and people, he got a lot of shit for it. But at the same time, it's Hugh Grant. But so. Right, yeah. So when you he's see paid him, his dues. When you he's see him sitting there and uh, <laughs> he's just like, oh, yeah, enjoy the movie. <laughs> you know? It kind of set it up like, oh, that's kind of weird. So <laughs> I, I wonder I if that's what people were talking about is that. I so know. I, you know, I, I thought he did a good job. I think he played kind of his character really well. I think he was. I thought he the, got he, better. I thought at the beginning it seemed a little like, oh, here he is riding this, this horse, you know, uh, or the carriage and stuff. <laughs> and it just, that was our first introduction to his character. Okay. It's like, oh, that's Hugh Grant. That, that was probably the most like an actual D&D game that the whole movie was, was Chris Pine's character going, do I really have to sit next to this guy? <laughs> because that's that's kind of what it's like, is you got a bunch of people around the table and they're all doing their own thing and you've got someone at the top of the table kind of telling you what's going on in the world and you have to just interact with each other. And and maybe, you know, if this if this was a game, you know, who Grant's character is on, I'm just telling you about this and this and this and the other guy's going, shut up, man. Do I really have to sit next to him? <laughs> you know, that's... And that's what the the Vox Machina is like. You're like you get pieces like that that makes it so good. That was probably the most like a D and D game that this okay. movie was. Did, uh, and I wish they would have done more of that. Did you? Ca I you know they have a couple homages to Steven Spielberg that that surprised me. Uh, there's okay. there's that shot for shot. They've got a couple shot-for-shot shot sequences that are straight out of Jurassic Park. Uh, I've one, heard about those. One yeah, where the you know you can see it when when the dragon, the red dragon, is is comes up is, underneath. Yeah, is, I think it's jumping up at and I think it's Simon that's dangling and something like that. Yeah, and it's it's the exact um, <laughs> angle and uh, action of the dragon as in Jurassic Park when the raptor is jumping yeah. up at one of the kids that's hanging from the uh, from the vent. And uh, I thought, oh my gosh, that's straight out of out of uh, that's Jurassic that's Park. Just... And then I saw in a clip someone was also saying that it was that they also kind of mimicked the scene where the guys trying to hunt the raptor and the end ends up one of them comes from the side. Oh like, yeah, yeah, a clever beast, and then he gets gets taken out, which is very much like when the when the um, uh, what is it the displacer. The displacer is going up yeah. against against the that dwarf. Dwarf, and yeah, and he gets taken from the side, and and they play that out. Then I saw another shot. This is something I noticed that I didn't I didn't find any other reference to. But at the end, when it's that stone dragon that has come to life, and it's, yeah. it, and it's finally at the very end when it loses its spell and it turns back to stone, and the it lands out, right over the top yep, over right yep. over right, right over Chris Pine. Well, that's how Captain Hook bit it in uh, Hook when the alligator uh, or the, or the uh, uh, crocodile with the you know the clock crocodile yeah, yeah. comes uh, comes right down on top of Hook. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's kind of is that another nod? <laughs> oh my god! Um, so I wasn't sure, and I, I look it up, and and there is a reference that said the the director um, or the the 
they were inspired by Steven Spielberg and James Cameron. So, so maybe, or no, it was the cast. So I, okay. I don't know if maybe they, that had some. So something influence. you just said clicked in my brain. Okay. It's never clicked in ever before. Uh, oh. Talking about <laughs> Peter Pan and Captain Hook uh-huh. and the crocodile. Yeah. Who had the clock inside of him. Yeah. So he was a clockodile. Clockodile, yeah. <laughs> I had never put that together before. <laughs> I was today years old when I learned when that I, he was a clockodile. When I was writing oh my, my notes, I started out by putting <laughs> alligator and then I said clock and I went, oh no, it's crocodile because a clock. You know, so. Um, but no, that's what I mean is it's yeah. clock dial. <laughs> it's a clockodial. I was like, oh my God, that is genius and of course there's this isn't spielberg but they also have the scene that you know when the when the uh um owl bear is is bashing, <laughs> Hulk. He bashing Hulk's Sof- sophie safina he does around. the loki yep, exactly puny human it's, yes um, which is 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 absolutely one of my favorite scenes of avengers and it's very much I, an homage to that because it's oh my it's, god it's the yeah. same ragdoll well throw him in the corner she doesn't she doesn't go back and forth with him but she beats him straight down and then stops for a second catches her breath and then does it again yeah. which is very much yeah i saw that too and i was like oh my god she hulked him <laughs> and yeah i uh i thought that was pretty funny i um, bet these were homages though i, I bet they were oh nods, for sure uh, rather actually than, the know, directors um uh jonathan or john francis daly and jonathan goldstein uh we're talking about they were very influenced by um monty python <laughs> yeah and so they they actually wanted to get anybody from monty python that they could in the movie it just didn't work out as much That's uh but it was monty python they, they and- did do a i got better <laughs> they, they did right. i think that was a line in the movie which is straight out yeah, of the uh, Holy so Grail. They, they were definitely influenced by by, by Monty Python um, and then a lot of that. And so they, they definitely put that in there and some of the others. And they were sh- they were definitely saying that, yeah, we, we've got homages in this to, to all kinds of stuff. And so um, I thought that was great. And, you know, it's, it's cool when a, when a director, especially, I mean, what are we now? 80 years since movie pictures have been... When when did when did the first when was like uh what was it who was it Charlie Chaplin that did the first motion picture right the first silent isn't it back in that kind of in the twenties well, yeah we're a hundred years so yeah a hundred years from Metropolis from when movies something I don't know uh but I mean you think about it a hundred years now and and these guys have you know they they've got so much to draw from and stuff like that. Yeah, to 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 pay homage to what came before you and what made you what you were and what made you want to do what you do. I mean, <laughs> funny thing that that would be like me going, you know, yeah, I, I did this podcast because of the guys on Turtle Soup and hear a movie podcast because you know that's I heard what they were doing and it made me want to do it and it's, it's that same thing and 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 it it definitely is. I mean, I I'm not gonna say I don't I don't kind of do some of the stuff I hear from them when you know when they talk you know the way they talk and the way they they open things and transition and stuff. I try and learn from those that that did it before you and you know you know it, <laughs> right. it's it, I so I love the fact that that the directors were like yeah no I'm not the genius that you may think I am because I came up with this I I saw this here and I loved it so that's why I did it right stuff like that so. The first I movie that- was in uh, 1902. It was uh, called A Trip to the Moon, but uh, you can go further back as far as the first time there was film. You know, there's that famous horse film uh, where the horse is moving but what, back in 1878. But what they, and, was Charlie Chaplin was like the first 
was he the first in 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 talking movies? Is that what I'm? I mean, I you're oh, you're the film student, so I I, I don't I'm know <laughs> grasping at star straws here. Um, but I, yeah, I just I I love the fact that they you know they they can do that and 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 admit it. Like yes, this is this is. I saw Monty Python's. I I I watched you know Holy Grail and I watched you know Life of Brian and all these things and I loved all that. And so that's kind of what I was trying to do is 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 some kind of scene from that and you know or or you know Spielberg or or you know any of the others that are are you know these huge directors that have made these blockbusters that these kids have probably grown up on. I don't know how old these guys are, you know. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, you, you know, there's so much material out there. That's really the only you, you're going to be inspired to make movies. You're obviously going to draw from what what you've seen, what you know, and but Holy it's still shit. kind of a it's still kind of a what. I didn't even realize the director. So uh, uh, John Francis Daly. I did the name didn't strike me, but I was I pulled it up. Yes, he is a young guy, uh, but he was a writer for Spider Man Homecoming. He was an actor in Bones. I don't have you ever watched Bones? No. Great show. Great show. They did uh, game he was night in, too, right? Didn't they do Waiting? Game yeah. With uh, just Justin Bateman or Yeah. He is he's he's been acting since Bateman, he was a sorry, young 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 kid. But uh I didn't realize that was him and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's uh, cuz Bones he's he's in like uh fuck 140 episodes of Bones. It was on for uh, seven years or something like that. Okay. He is such a cool character in there, but it's like, I didn't realize that was him, but yes, he's a young guy. So I could see him being like, yeah, I, I, you know, as a kid, I watched these movies that were like huge. He was on freaks and geeks and stuff like that. All so right. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. So yeah, sometimes I guess you just not going by the names. You gotta, you gotta actually see freaks and geeks. Seth Rogen, right? Your favorite. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Actually, to tell you the truth, I don't know if I've ever watched a whole episode. Oh, okay. Um, but I did watch all of... Uh, they also did uh, Horrible Bosses, too. Uh, Game Night and Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming. Crazy. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, some young guys getting into it. That's kind of cool. Um, probably, I bet you they played D&D. I'd be willing to bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just It just seems one of those things. Um, actually, so... Uh, some of the things I heard on, on some of the podcasts I listened to, which is amazing because I would have thought there would have been a ton and maybe it's cause I didn't do super, super deep dive, but uh, not a lot of people have covered it and it's not as old. There is a lot of D and D based podcasts, but a lot of them are like people doing their own game. People talking about the game, talking about the books, talking about <laughs> not a lot about the movie just yet. Okay. Um, but one of the things that someone talked about is if there was something this you could change or, or, or what would you do if you wanted to say, create a sequel or something moving forward, what would you take from this is, is like, okay, here's a good seed. Let's, let's take this, plant it and move it forward. Well, I, I think, I think the bank heist portion of it was my favorite because it had a good rhythm. It like, I liked just seeing the the quick wittedness, how they how they adapted and kept moving. So I liked the energy of that that sequence. Mm -hmm. um, I think they did a a pretty good job trying to establish different characters. I mean, and and make them work as a team. That that okay. was that was successful. I don't think that the acting caliber or the the, <laughs> the writing necessarily was was that that great, but. I do like the team aspect too. I, I thought that, like the, like you said, the heist portion where they were 
dropping the, the yeah. portal and all that was kind of cool. I agree. Yeah, so if they were to do another another sequel, boy. Kind of go Ocean's, Ocean uh, 11 it, kind of like uh, now we're going to do now another we'll do heist. Ocean's 12, yeah. We yeah. Add a, add a few more characters. Let's... More more honor among more thieves or? <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Yeah, they had a good thing going with the raising of the dead. Maybe go kind of that comical route. Uh, let let Raimi direct one, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's it's. I think the 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 best part of this was was, um, well, <laughs> you you know it's funny because this wasn't a great movie. This was a good movie. No, you're and, right. And, it's not. But it, but it's you don't get movies like this in the theater very often. It's either they they're investing a whole bunch of movie into into a Marvel movie or it's a horror movie. Uh, it's it's so, just exciting to see something, something new. that that that's a little. It, it's it's light and it's I don't know how it got into the theater. You know, this is something that you'd, you'd find well, on on direct to Netflix or something like that. Someone I, really took a chance, and I so I'm I'm just happy to see that it it was it came out. So I'm hoping it's successful enough to try again and just really invest in the characters and try to try to draw some more out of those characters and get get out of some of their two dimensional lanes they're in. Yeah. So. Somewhat what I heard was is and the reason this got into theaters, I think, is there was a there was a big push by the people that love the game that because it's they've they've been clamoring for it. And so the, the thought was is maybe that they're trying to create a a universe, a Dungeons and Dragons universe and as Chris Pine kind of heading that. I actually think that's a horrible idea. I um I don't like the idea of Chris Pine being the 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 main character because I don't think he did enough for me to want to watch him in another movie in this. Nothing against Chris Pine himself, but I thought the character was very blah. But that being said, uh, one of the things I heard and kind of put my own spin on this is uh, American Horror Story type where you have, and, and, and it'll be a little bit different, but get a central character or a central location yeah, and having a different season where you have a whole new team um, with maybe one character being the same, uh, one actor or or a group of actors taking on a whole other set of 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 teams, and and playing that out, but do it in in a ten episode, eight episode series where it is it's it's one big adventure where you might have one episode is a little side adventure, another episode is side adventure, but it's all building to one big, whether it be a heist or or some big adventure, but that would play out very much like a role-playing game would where you have, you know, a set of five to six major characters that cover the different gambits of the, the, the realm, you know, and the archetypes and, and play it out whether you, you change actors or not. I, I don't mind, but it would be nice if you had some way to tie it all in, you know, season to season, whether it be one character or one central location that is kind of, a tie to it. Well, they can. And I thought, they, yeah, they could do it kind of like Jumanji did, where they kind of recast the characters in this in different yeah. roles of, of themselves. Because I mean, when you're dealing dealing with D and D, you know, the next game, yeah, you get you, you know, today I'm going to be the the paladin, but tomorrow I'm going to be the bard. And, exactly. You know, I'm going to be the wizard, and so, but Jumanji too did that, where they kind of mixed roles and, and changed yeah. things around. So I don't know if that's. Uh, but I think they could do that. I think it would be fun, and and I I. You know, D and D, especially if you go with with uh, you know the Forgotten Realms, 
it has a vast amount of area to cover and stories and potential villains and, and potential, uh, you know, locations for things that are so well-versed in the, the stories and the lore and stuff like that with, with the basic actual uh, organized release from Wizards of the Coast and D&D uh, Central. And then you could even slip a little into fan fiction in some of this stuff yeah. and get some crazy cool stories. And let's let's investigate these characters. Like, reach out to the nerds out there, and nerds I'm saying in a positive way, of these people that have put their lives into this this building these characters and, you know, like the ex machina, uh, you know, the critical role people and say, hey, you know, help us create some cool characters or let, you know, go to a convention and just talk to people that are out there playing that's been doing this for years and like, hey, what's your favorite character? Tell me about them and find ways to slide that shit into a movie. That's what would make the D&D population or, or fans fucking lose their minds. Hmm. They, I don't, they would I don't be know how that would it. play out. I mean, that's not... That doesn't always translate to, to, to good filmmaking. I, I do agree. I do agree that this movie, if they just tried to capitalize on its success, if it's if it if it's considered a success, and then do a sequel that just continues the story of these characters, I, see, I don't want to see. I think it's. I think it's going to fail. I don't think there was enough yeah. to to sustain it. I don't think. I don't want to see these a, characters again. Yeah, they 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 kind of they don't have enough that interests me in where they go from here. So um, they didn't do a, a good enough job to really k- take my interest to a, to a sequel. At the same time, I'd love to see them explore this world and do do something more with it in an, in a new direction. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but it might take a television series to kind of do that. Where but you, that's where you do a, a ten part series, like that sounds like they're going to do. Introduce some of these characters, but maybe bring some new ones in. But that's see which ones resonate. Throw. But that's what I mean. Is yeah. is go go find the real fans. Go go out and and tap this untapped uh, like well of knowledge in this in these realms. Like, don't but, get people that dabble but, in it. But but how does that translate to a script? How does that translate? No, to, no. to a here's, story. That's well. That's, that's what that's, I'm saying. Is here's what I'm saying. Is you you go and you talk to people and tell me about your best character and an adventure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just take some notes, get some ideas, and then you talk to some other people, and you take that, and these people, these writers, right? Yeah. That's what they're supposed to be good at is is let let someone give you the idea, and then you write a story off of. It. Yeah, but that way you get some actual bones of the D and D world from some people that lived in it. You know what I mean? It's possible so, they so, did that with this. I mean, where did the? I don't know if they did because because of the way how how the characters really. They didn't for sure with Chris Pine's character. Nobody in their fucking right mind would have said, oh, yeah, this is how a bard act. That was the worst bard portrayal I've ever fucking seen. Uh, The barbarian, uh, Holga, was very basic. Uh, She didn't, I mean, she acted like a fighter, but not really a good fighter. And not. I mean, she had some fighting skills, but she didn't really come across as what I would, what I've seen in in books and, and what I've played and stuff like that. Uh, Simon was pretty close to a a a wizard that didn't have so funny thing too the the D and D cartoon the animated series that I talked about that was the same thing with the the wizard from there like he didn't have confidence and he wasn't sure about his magic but he was super powerful when it worked but he you know he would try and cast a spell out of his hat and he never knew what the fuck he was gonna get and a lot of it was his confidence he had the same kind of feel so a little bit stolen not the greatest but probably pretty decent. The druid, 
she did really great with the 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 animal the 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 changing uh I, yeah, I can't remember what it's called, free changing or spirit changing or something, whatever it is. The 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 but the wild shape, it, I think, is what it's called. Wild shape, but she didn't do any of the other stuff druids do. You know, she didn't have any of the other magic. So it's like, it's like they they go, oh, let's read this page, and then they never really went and got some of the rest of the knowledge. It seems like they they skimmed the surface. Oh, let's do this, and then and then that was it. Now someone fed them a lot of the the words to use and stuff like that to get the 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 Easter eggs, but I don't think the characters really what, fit a typical if you D &D could, campaign. If you could choose, like if they did make a sequel with these same characters, mm -hmm. but they chose to focus on one one of the characters and kind of follow their world, and they became the new central figure is there one that you would want to mm. out of these characters that you might want to see um so i mean i have my pick that that but it's zenic zenic would be one that i would i would love to see him like if he if he had more personality i would love to i would love a paladin based uh team that you know like he's trying to do everything right but everyone with him is trying to do everything wrong so he's he's kind of having to fight that but he also has this love for his crew so it's kind of like he he's really tied in and fighting with his own morals through the whole thing. I think that could be a very interesting story. And this could be a crew that could do it because it's it's a group of thieves, but he's supposed to be this very honorable, uh, you know, uh, paladins typically are are uh, not religious, but faith based uh, that their magic has come from their faith base and their strength comes from their faith base. So for him to have to to be a part of this group, which is a bunch of thieves, could be very interesting. Uh -huh. Um now the other side is Doric, uh, where she's a druid. Uh, could be the same thing, where you know she's um, very nature-based and and very animalistic and stuff like that, and, and not necessarily like a civilized. You know, now her trying to live in a city or something like that, and her trying to run something with these other guys could be fun. It, it could be an interesting way, but those would be the only two that I really see. That that, that I was my pick was Doric. I think I think she played it off a little bit more. You know. Still not much character depth in, in this in this movie, but some of it was kept mysterious enough to where they, there there could be some some interesting story that they could they could dive into so, with her character. But yeah. it still it still has to be interesting and have and be a good adventure and good story and I, and, and develop. I think you need more. to watch uh, Vox Machina and okay. and see and that's the characters on Amazon. That. Is that right? Yeah, Amazon Prime. There's actually two seasons. Uh, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 episodes each or something like that. So good, though. Uh, but they have the base characters that you just like, okay, this is what this character could be. And that's where I think these guys could have gotten, but you have to you have to put some work into it. Now, the difference is the characters in x have been playing together for a long time. and So um, they kind of have a, a, a rapport with each other where these all felt like they were thrown together, <laughs> like people that never knew each other and were put together at a, a at a convention and were like, oh, yeah, now play together. A little bit different. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, the Druid to me would be more fun. The Sorcerer, yeah, Simon, I, I'm not into the confidence kind of wimpy kid. Just it didn't do it for me. Um, I just wasn't into it. Uh, Holga as a, as a barbarian, she just kind of, like I said, she was flat. Uh, lifeless to me a little bit um kind of funny uh i almost would have rather seen like a, she she reminded me a lot of uh, the gina carrero character from uh mandalorian okay she had a little bit of that but with a little bit less personality and so <laughs> which, um, which isn't saying much considering she, exactly yeah. and that's why i was like i was like come on you know, like it could have been better um 
Chris Pine is a very handsome, very attractive man. He does a great job. I just don't think he pulled off a bard. I mean, I there's so many other people I could see doing that. I, I just think would have been better. Yeah, they hired um, him more to try to carry the movie and, for a name and uh, yeah, and to capitalize you know, on that Wonder Woman uh, energy that he had. You know, you know what I would have thought. I I wish I almost wish they would have done is is the director John Francis Daly. I wish he would have played that Chris Pine character. I oh, really? Would have done. A, I think he would have done an amazing job, based basically off the character he was in Bones. Um, I think take that type of style because he was kind of a nerdy guy in Bones, but he also had this this inner strength to him that I think he could have pulled that off, and it would have been it would have been a better better pull. Uh, but yeah, there's just. You know, I, I, I just, I think Chris Pine was cast for his name. Also, I thought yeah, Chris Pine was a little show. too skinny. I don't, I don't care for him as skinny. I think he needs to put a little weight back on and get to his Kirk self. He looked, he looked a little, I mean, granted he looks healthy and, and beautiful and all that, but I don't know. I thought he just, he looked better when he was, it was Captain Kirk. <laughs> so <laughs> That's Kirk weight. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's his Kirk weight. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, but all in all, it's a fun movie. Uh, it 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 hits all the beats for the for the D and D nerds out there, and I, I say nerds in a, in a very uh, positive way. I think I think it's it's kind of a badge of honor now, rather than the the badge of uh, shame that it was. And it's a good heist. Forty movie. years. It's got some. It's got some fun uh, twists. I think the heist. I think the heist part was pretty fun. I I did like what they did with the mirror and stuff like yeah. that. I love. I love the ending. Huh. With the with the mirror out out his mouth and he was throwing all the the jewels and stuff out, out yeah. of the balloon. I thought that was so clever. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, yeah, it's fun. If if I had to recommend this to anybody, I was like, if if you're if you're such a huge D and D nerd that you need to go see it in the theater, go see it in the theater. Otherwise, wait till it's streaming. It's certainly fine to watch it streaming. It's it it all kind of depends on your expectations. If you're if you're hoping to just be blown away because the critics have been kind of talking this up, you're going to be let down. <laughs> on the other hand, if you're going in just hey, I want to get some entertainment and I'm not too uh, worried about you know really impressive developed <laughs> characters. I just want to have a good time. This this could be right up your alley. You know it's exactly. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. I, I'm just going to check with you real quick. I know we haven't reviewed it yet, but uh, Ant-Man Quantumanium uh-huh. is another movie that uh, a lot of Quantumania. people... Quantumania. Were... I don't think it's... Quant- you keep saying Quantumanium. Yeah, I'm not good with words, so okay. don't... don't, don't. <laughs> okay. Ant-Man 3. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of people were comparing this, and uh, interestingly enough, a, a lot of people had said that they thought this was better than Ant-Man 3. I just was curious on your thoughts. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I think it was better, but but it oh. had it had its it had its strengths in different different ways. To me, the okay. the the adventure was more exciting and interesting here. Um, okay, and, right, I get that. Um, t- you know it. The yeah. So yes, I I'm a, I'm but they're a, they're a, well, they're comparable. They're 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 yeah. close. Um, I I almost like if I had a choice between the two right now I would probably watch Ant Man again maybe that's because there's a l- longer gap between seeing it um, and I'm wondering what that would be in in three four months but uh, you know it's just one of those things is and I wonder if it's because I'm more invested in the MCU overall that's why I, I tend to, to maybe I'm not invested in D and D I'd still rather go and see this movie again than than interesting Ant-Man, okay and, and, and Wasp. To me, that just kind of it was it was just a little dry and flat. And uh, I just thought there were some moments in that one that I really enjoyed. But and we'll get to that eventually when 
gets off his ass and watches it. Um, <laughs> and I'm calling you out, Bo. That's right. So email the show at the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think and tell Bo to watch the movie. <laughs> are, is this, are we trying to do this again uh, next one? Because it's not going to drop. Is it going to drop yet? Are we going to have access to it? Quantum? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we're going we're, to talk to, we're gonna talk to our MCU crew Bo, okay, and, you know, okay. about that. Uh, I was going to try and push that until it actually came out on okay. Disney. Okay, okay. Um, that's, that's what I thought, but then I thought I saw a text that went out asking about that. And... Yeah, there was a text that went out about that, but I think we're going to push until the the uh, uh, Disney Plus release. Uh, but there are some other stuff that I think we would be fun. I also almost want to take that crew and, and start dabbling a little bit in some DC. Um, I think it'd be fun. Uh, right, to... yeah. Um, I know Shazam and Shazam 2 could be one. Uh, that would be a fun take to do. Yeah, we did cover Peacemaker already. Peacemaker's um, great. <laughs> on our podcast, which was which was hilarious. Yeah. And I thought that was a good good pick for your recommendation to Bo, who's yeah. going on some sort of flight, 12-hour flight, and he was looking for some recommendations on what, what, yeah. to, what to download. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that would be one. Um, uh, just I have recently just watched Shazam again, the original. It hopes to uh, get ready for Shazam 2, which I still haven't seen yet. But uh, that's another one that I think would be fun. And then there was also, uh, did we didn't did we do um, Suicide Squad? I can't remember if we did the the Suicide Squad, the one with the new the I new don't group. I think we did. I think we went right okay. to Peacemaker, but I could okay. be wrong. Yeah, I'll have to look. But that would be another one that I thought I uh, think would. But it would be fun to take get those guys and just get their their takes on some DC. Um, you know, or or some other stuff, but we'll we'll figure it out. There's there's. I, I thought the trailer for uh, Flash looked pretty exciting. You know, we bring back Michael Keaton as Batman and <laughs> Supergirl uh, in there, and uh, we get the line though. The best part is I'm we Batman. get the Michael. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> uh, so good. Well, they uh, build it up in the trailer just so it's almost like it's it's framed. Just just there's oh, a it is. Pause, and then he just says it, and everyone, yeah. Everyone I mean, loves it. yeah, I love it. I, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, uh, we got that coming out. That that looks good. Um, be be interesting to see how it comes all out. But yeah, uh, also what was the other? I saw trailers for that were pretty good. I've seen the Blue Beetle tra trailer, uh, which is, is kind of exciting to me. Um, it's another DC property. It's got uh, one of the kids from uh, Cobra Kai, uh, Miguel, uh, okay. as Blue Beetle. Uh, that looks like it could be a lot of fun, potentially. Um, I was trying to think what other trailers I saw. It's so hard to remember the next day after. <laughs> you, mean after D you mean for DC movies? or Just or in general, see? just in and just movies coming. Um, I was trying to think of what's, what's coming up. You know, oh, there is a movie... Um, and it made me think of it because of John Wick, but there's a, uh, it's Susu, Su oh, Susu Studio, Phil Collins. No, no, it's Sorry. it's like a it's like a um, what did how oh, I can't remember, but it's it's very much a John Wick adjacent. It's a it's an old guy that was I think it's based around World War Two. He's like uh, oh right. Ost Right, Finn. Finn uh, no, he's a Finnish guy. I know what you're exactly what movie you're talking about. And oh, it's <laughs> badass, right? Yeah. Um, it, it looks like kind of like a Western type thing, or like he's, yep. Yes. Um, it's like Suzu or Suzy. It's it's like okay. four letters. It's I'd love to see S. that. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but uh, it looked like it was just in the same it, style of John it Wick. Says like it I, was. I think yeah. even in the trailer it mentions John Wick. Um, so um, it's Sisu. Okay. 
Sisu, an ex, uh, when an ex-soldier who discovers gold. In oh, the that's right. There's Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This says it's 2002. Like a Nazi, Nazi Western, where the Nazis are the bad guys. It's coming uh, April 28. April, <laughs> April 28. Uh, it'll be in theaters. Oh, okay. yeah. That that looks freaking ridiculous. So <laughs> that's one that I'm. I I would definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see what else is coming out. We got. Uh, we're gonna hit Cocaine Bear next week. Yep. Um, which should be just I'm I'm all excited for that because to me it looks like it's gonna be hilarious. Uh, I know it's supposed to be a horror movie, essentially, where a bear just eats people, um, essentially. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that's gonna be incredible. Yeah, you're, you're um, gonna watch it at your place. You're gonna make sure you yep. kick your wife out unless she wants to be. Uh, yeah, I'll, she... I'll give her the option, and uh, she'll probably figure out something to do. She'll probably go uh, uh, get ready for martial arts. She has a, um, a test coming up uh, later that week to uh, get ready for her black belt. Oh, which I'm excited for her. Yeah, she's doing her pre-test. Uh, our friends the Kincaids will be here soon uh-huh. uh, for that weekend, so we'll have to figure something out for that. I think it's the 29th. We'll figure that out. Maybe we'll uh, do a beer podcast or we'll just hang out and drink and have fun anyways. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so we're going to have also our friend Alicia, who's been on with us before, yep. uh, our resident horror fan. <laughs> so we'll be uh, tackling uh, Cocaine Bear next week. Funny, I, I had to go get a, an actual Coca-Cola today and someone was like, well, don't you want to get cocaine? And I was like, well, that's next week. Because <laughs> uh, it brought up the fact that, uh, I believe it's a rumor that the Mexican... Coke has has actual cocaine in it, <laughs> you know the. Well, I think um, or, I think original uh, Coke Coca Cola had uh, had. I I read something and and don't quote me on this, but uh, Coca Cola actually has a deal with the U.S. government where they can bring in the actual cocoa leaves that they make cocaine from, and they make a similar product, but it doesn't have the opioid part of it in it, and that's actually part of what they put in the original. Okay, interesting. So it is part cocaine, but it's not like the cocaine you get at the street. And, you know, so I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool. Okay. So, interesting. Um, if you All haven't right. seen Cocaine Bear, it is streaming on Peacock now. So you can check it out before before the next week when we podcast on it. Nice. I have Peacock, and so we'll be able to watch that. I will not watch it until we're we're ready to do it because I want to I wanna have a fresh take on it. All right. Be awesome. Alicia and I have cool. seen it, but uh, we're anxious <laughs> to see it again, so. Yeah, nice. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for us tonight. So uh, thank you for joining us. Make sure you uh, download, download, rate, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, let us know at our email, the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the links are in our show notes. So you can always find that and hit us up. Let us know what you would like us to watch. Or tell us, hey, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. I'm all good with that. I don't care. Give us an email, <laughs> whatever it's about. Or send us a cocktail uh, recommendation. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I would be totally down for that. Like, hey, or, or give us a give us an ingredient that you want us to use in something. Oh. Hey, hey do, do this movie. Like, okay, here, here's the Here it is. We're doing cocaine bear next week. I want someone to find us a non-cocaine based ingredient, right? It doesn't, don't just tell me to go get cocaine because I don't know where to get that. I, I, I mean, I can make some calls but or coke uh, <laughs> yeah just give me an ingredient uh that you think would be a fun one or give us a cocktail and and we'll see you know i i, I would love not to have to think about a cocktail someone just gave it to us <laughs> um so uh funny thing and i should have said this at the beginning because in case they they're already tired of it uh uh at my christmas party or it's our christmas party in spring 
uh, I was just happened to be talking to a couple coworkers and like, you do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, we've been doing it for like three years. They're like, oh, well, what's it called? So I actually sent them emails today with with links and stuff. So hopefully we'll have two two to maybe more new listeners. Uh, Sweet. Now. Sweet. So, awesome. All right. <laughs> if you are listening, I gave you the email. Hit us up. Let us know. Or just come in, uh, talk to me at work. You know where I am. So, all right. Well, that's it for us tonight. So, hail Caesars. Hail Caesars. What does that mean?